Good evening, I'm Lydia Serrani, in for Greg Kelly. Last night, we witnessed one of the gravest mis-injustices of our lifetime. The booking of President Donald Trump, forced to go to jail, have his mugshot taken, fingerprinted, as if he was some sort of common criminal, all at the behest of the Democrat Party. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, Trump's former attorney, the man who destroyed the mob, also villainized for simply doing his job. These two men single-handedly saved New York City, saved this country, and now this is their payback? When the terror attacks happened, Trump was a developer and businessman who immediately went down to ground zero and even paid for recovery efforts. It was a very depressing scene, but I'll tell you what, you really can take heart. These firemen and policemen and the construction workers equally, the courage they have is unbelievable. I mean, they're working, digging out and lifting up steel. And above them, you have 55-story buildings that are very possibly going to be pouring down on them any minute. And they're working like nothing's wrong. I mean, it's, they're amazing. And then there's Mayor Giuliani. Uh, the year before he became mayor, murders in New York City averaged well over 2,000 a year. By the time he left office as mayor, around 300, a massive reduction, over 65 percent. And violent crime, that dropped 57 percent, making the city of 8 million the safest big city in the country. Both men helping heal our nation when the terrorists of 9-11 tried to destroy us, tried to destroy our way of life, bring us down to our knees as a nation. Now, rather than terrorists trying to destroy our way of life, it's, it's Democrats. Yeah, I said it. It's Democrats. They are now so desperate to maintain their power, their control, that they're now trying to convince Americans that it's the Republicans that are the real threat. A vote for Republicans is a vote to destroy democracy. The MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy. Calling Trump and some of his supporters threats to democracy. There is no doubt that this president is a danger to our democracy and to the well-being of the American people. There's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. Democrats, they've spent years spewing that garbage so that when a day like yesterday came, when they forced the 45th president of the United States to go to a county jail, a dilapidated jail, and, and they treated him like a criminal, they hope that you won't bat an eye and, and ask the important questions. What about the connections here, the motivations of these people? The highest positions of our government are making moves that impact Americans, impact the world, like acting Deputy Secretary of State Victoria Nuland. Here's how former U.S. Army Colonel Douglas McGregor describes her in a nutshell. Wherever she goes, uh, usually there is conflict, crisis and fighting. And she's a strong opponent of fighting to the last Ukrainian. Hmm. Does she, do you think, have relevant experience that would qualify her to, to be in charge of this war? Well, obviously she does. But, you know, it's sort of like uh, asking somebody who has never snaked a drain or replaced a garbage disposal to be a plumber. And I think we have a lot of those in Washington. She's not the only one. Why, why does the Biden administration love chaos and, and conflict? 
Most Americans agree Putin would not have invaded Ukraine if Trump was the president. Instead, Putin saw this, a leader, feckless and clueless. You guys catch the boots out here? That's a hot ground, man. To date, 114 dead, hundreds of people unaccounted for. I remember when I got the call, my first wife and daughter, I was a young senator, and I got a call in Washington. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. He's fading fast. That, that, that is not how a real president reacts when hundreds of people are missing or dead and millions of dollars worth of damage occurring. I mean, th this country is and has always been infected with radical leftists. I mean, we know that. Like New York City District Attorney Alvin Bragg and Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis. But now their ideologies have been allowed to metastasize throughout our lands Thanks to Joe Biden, Willis simply too ignorant to realize that by forcing Trump to have his mugshot taken, she has now become the greatest campaign manager this country has ever seen. See, rather than demoralize Trump, Willis has now galvanized support behind him, like those people you see right there who stood outside for hours cheering for Trump in Georgia there. But you know what's worse than a radical Democrat? Republicans who join forces with the Democrats. You never hear about Democrats crossing party lines, but Republicans, they do it all the time. Republicans like Chris Christie, whose entire presidential campaign is built on hating President Trump. Donald Trump's never going to be president of the United States again. Uh, and it becomes more and more clear to me every day um, that folks around this country, especially independents, um, and disaffected Republicans are not going to rejoin the Trump coalition based upon his conduct over the last, you know, three years since he left the presidency. His conduct over the last uh, three years since Trump left the presidency, he, he's been criminally indicted four times, found civilly liable of assaulting a woman who can't even remember the year she allegedly even met Trump. This wouldn't have happened had Trump not been surging in the polls. He is surging. Trump not only beating his Republican challengers by a, a landslide, but a new poll shows Trump is now beating Biden head to head, 47 to 43. See, the Democrat plan to destroy Trump, to destroy America one big city at a time, well, it is backfiring in spectacular fashion because Americans, thank God, they're waking up. Our economy is tanking. Drugs are flooding our streets. Illegals have taken up residence all on your dime, the taxpayer dime, and we're sick of all of it. Make no mistake, all of this, again, is by design to once again bring us down to our knees to be beholden to the elite ruling class. My parents, they, they grew up in a communist nation, so I know about this playbook all too well, where neighbors were paid by the government to rat on each other if they saw someone making the sign of the cross in public or holding mass in their homes. History repeats itself if you allow it. I want to leave you with this, this message. This upcoming election, it's not even about Donald Trump. It really isn't. 
This is about good versus evil. I'm not being hyperbolic. Us versus them. Our way of life versus theirs. In the Bible, it reads, do not be afraid 365 times. You know why? Because it's a reminder that God has your back every single day with the truth triumphing overall. And no one knows this better than President Trump. This is how he put it last night right here with Greg Kelly. But this is a radical left district attorney, as we have in New York and as we have in all the other places, whether it's district attorney or AGs, we have that in New York. They're going after all for nothing. I mean, the AG case, they have no case against me at all. They do it to try and get elected, but they also do it in, in court with the Department of Injustice in Washington. Terrible thing. It is a terrible thing, but we need to come together as Americans to save not only President Trump and America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani and uh, so many other uh, others from this injustice plaguing our nation, but to save our country. We're now joined by Congressman Matt Rosendale, Republican of Montana. Congressman, welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. Hi, Lydia. How are you tonight? I am doing well. I am honored to be sitting in for Greg Kelly, who's taking a nice night off, well-deserved to spend it with his family. So let's get right to it. First, Congressman, do you agree? The mugshot, the steely glaze. Look, he looks pretty good here. I mean, I got to give him that. He looks fantastic. Do you do you think this mugshot, the indictments, obviously they wanted to humiliate him, but it's kind of all backfiring now on the Democrats? It really is backfiring, and I'll tell you, Lydia, it's it's interesting to see not only what's going on, but when it actually happens. Every time uh, the Congress brings forward more information about Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family and the monies that uh, Vice President at the time, Joe Biden and his family have received from China or Kazakhstan or Ukraine or Russia, some way or another, they bring more charges against President Trump. It's a sad day for our republic is what it is. Uh, I'm a Catholic myself. Uh, I'm a conservative very unapologetic and and self-proclaimed. So do I have to worry about Christopher Wray and Merrick Garland uh, following me around, wiretapping me, picking my family up and whisking them off as well? It's a it's a sorry day for our country. I, we, we've seen this playbook before. That's what they they need to realize. And we can't allow it to happen. Now, it took the Democrats two and a half years to tr- do these uh, indictments against Trump. But now they're trying to ramp up this investigation against him. In the latest court filing, Fulton County District Attorney Fani Willis requested that the trial date for Trump and the other 18 co-defendants be set for October 23rd of 2023. So in less than two months... She wants to do all of this with 19 people. But, of course, it's right in the hearts of the Republican primary. Coincidence? Uh, that, that's what I was just saying. It's interesting, not just what they're bringing up, but the timing with which when uh, they actually bring it up. And the venues that they had very carefully selected to make sure that the jury pool would be tainted uh, by populations that vote overwhelmingly Democrat. Now, we don't need to go and have a jury listen to this information that is overwhelmingly Republican. But give us a, give us a, a, a jury of our peers. Give, give the president, give his staff, give his cabinet a, a, a jury of their peers. And that way, at least we have the perception of having equal justice under the law. 
It, and, I, you know, I, I have to also we got to pivot a little bit about Joe Biden. He's on vacation again. I feel like he's on vacation more than than he's in in office or if he's cognizant where he is at this point. Um, he's in Lake Tahoe right now. You have been critical of Joe Biden and the way his administration has has basically declared war on America's fossil fuel industry, making us now energy dependent on our adversaries. When at when under President Trump, we had so much oil, we were selling it. Now he's depleted our strategic oil reserves. And this is why you're seeing part of the reason why you're seeing our economy failing. So on, on Monday, you're kicking off an energy tour around Montana. Tell us all about it and also tell us just how dangerous and how horrible Biden's policies, energy policies have been for, for this country. Sure. So it compromises not only our economy, uh, and, and eliminate so many thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of jobs, but the revenue that went with it as well. But it also compromises our national security, Lydia. Mm -hmm. If we are dependent upon our foreign adversaries for our energy, uh, this is problematic. The Green New Deal, this concept that we're going to be able to throw some levers and, and be able to live off of renewable energy, solar farms and wind farms, it just doesn't produce reliable energy Solar, 18% of the time, wind about 40% of the time. So I'm kicking off next week my second annual uh, energy tour uh, for members of Congress. I've got uh, Representative Eli Crane and Representative Annie Biggs, both from Arizona. They're going to come and join me. We're going to visit a oil refinery. We're going to look at a hydroelectric facility on a dam. We're going to go to a uh, rosebud coal mine, which is all what they call a mine-to-mouth operation. The coal goes directly from the mine to the electric power plant. And then we're going to visit the only platinum palladium mine in the country. Mm. Unfortunately, it's not the only place that we have platinum and palladium in the country, but it's the only place that we've been able to permit to get this open so that people can see that we develop these resources better, safer, more environmentally sound, and with better labor practices here than anywhere in the world. You're saying that Venezuela doesn't practice? I'm just joking. Congressman yeah. Rosendale, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Lydia. All right. Our big cities, they're under attack. Leaders and law enforcement are scrambling now to find a way to resolve the out-of-control flash mob robberies. We'll talk about it after the break. You're watching Greg Kelly Reports. Information. Truth. Is power. Is freedom is money, is health, is Newsmax. Millions watch it. So can you. Newsmax is real news for real people. Flash mob robberies are now the hot new trend to make a quick buck in the big blue cities. Los Angeles now plagued with them. You're taking a look right now at a Nordstrom department store being raided. This is all happening, by the way, in the middle of the day. Dozens of stores are being hit, and there's hardly any repercussions for the criminals because the radical leftist leaders in these blue cities say the criminals are the real victims. This as retail stores continue to shut down. The LAPD has now created a, a new tax 
task force dedicated to combating retail crime, that unit already making 11 arrests. But then the big question, will the criminals actually be held accountable? Let's ask our expert crime panel with us, NYPD sergeant and founder of Blue Lives Matter NYC, Joe Imperatrice. Also with us, retired U.S. military intelligence officer Steve Rogers. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us tonight on Greg Kelly Reports. Oh, pleasure being here. Sergeant, I'll start off with you first. It feels like, I, I hate to say this, uh, you're an active cop right now, that cops, they're not doing their jobs. That's what people think when they see the videos and everything. They're like, where, where are the cops? And what's happening in Los Angeles is happening all across the country. But what I don't think people realize is that are cops being told to back off? Now, let's get something straight to the American people. Police officers all across this nation, whether they're in a blue or a red state, are working harder than ever. They're taking more criminals off the street, getting more violent criminals off the street, getting more guns off the street. This is a problem we have at our district attorneys. District attorneys across our nation decide whether or not they want to enforce the law. They should be enforcing the law as written, as is, across the board. They're not doing that. They're picking and choosing. And that's why we're seeing the problems all across this nation that should not be going on. So, I mean, yeah, there's no point in even arresting these people if the DA is just going to to let them go. And, and Steve, these are not victimless crimes. These flash mobs, they steal about $100,000 worth of merchandise every single time they hate, usually. And this is simply not sustainable. And that's why we're seeing even big retailers, never mind mom and pop shops, shutting their doors. Lydia, everyone's a victim. The uh, store owners, the employees there who are now working in fear if they still have their jobs. But, you know, this idea of the famous all-in-all solution, a task force, you got to be kidding me. Uh, you don't need a task force to solve problems like this. You need to give the police the authority and the ability and the tools they need to fight crime. And as Joe said, get these criminals behind bars and let them rot there because they are doing a lot of destruction across this country. And like I said, everyone is a victim. You hear this all the time, especially right here in New York City, Sergeant. You know this of people that have been arrested like 40, 50 times. I mean, that's crazy. And it's not just luxury stores that are getting hit. The dollar store, Walgreens, CVS, and some of the stores, they're now locking up. Look at this, all of their merchandise. If you want to get some ice cream, you need to call over the manager or worker to come over. I mean, this this is Joe Biden's America. It's It's sad. Well, from my personal experience, I've seen people with rap sheets 20, 30, 70, mm -hmm. 90, 100 raps long. There's no reason that that person should be on the street. Obviously, they've proven to society they can't get along well with society. They can't do the right thing. And we have to hold them accountable. That's the number one thing, holding people accountable. As Steve said, we do not need task forces for every problem we have. We need to allow police officers to do their job work hand in hand with district attorneys and hold people accountable and have minimums. If you rob something, you're a career criminal, a year minimum. If it's over a felony, we're going to go over a year. We have to prove a point to the American people that we mean business, that we're at law and order, and we will not let criminals run our city streets. And instead of going easier on the criminals, you're 100 percent right. We should be we should be raising the jail sentences to kind of at least somewhat stop them from doing what they're doing. And Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, most of these flash mobs, a lot of them are young people. They're kids. Many of them are in gangs, too. I've also seen a lot of young girls participating. What do you think is happening to our young people? I mean, I remember, I think I, I, I took a lip gloss from like a store and, and my mom, yeah, you don't want to know what my mother did to me. Never mind this. Lydia, it goes back to another group of criminals, which is the political leaders who are 
uh, giving these uh, young people the, the ability to commit these crimes. Now, why do I say that? It begins at school boards. You need school boards who are going to stand up and forget this uh, nonsense with CRT and, and, and other uh, subjects that are not going to help build character. Uh, that's all disappeared. Mm -hmm. And then you go to your city councils, and then you go to your state assemblies, and all the way up to the United States Congress and the presidency. Our leaders, as well as these criminals, need to be held accountable for what's going on in this society. And that's how we begin to solve the problem, elementary school all the way up through college. Sergeant, we have just uh, less than a minute left. Police, we need them. Despite what AOC and Ilhan Omar and all these people, I mean, we, we need them for, for our society, for our way of life. How are they taking everything that's going on in, in the world today? Do they feel demoralized? Policing is probably one of the worst businesses you could be in today. But what police officers need is elected officials to stand up in front of a podium every single time something bad happens, especially a violent crime. The people that we elect need to get in front of a podium podium, set the tone and say, we're not going to stand for this. We're going to stand with our police officers. We're going to find the criminals accountable and we're going to put them behind bars. Sergeant Imperatrice, Steve Rogers, thank you both. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Questions loom over the death of Wagner Group leader Prigozhin. What's the real story and why now? We'll break it all down after the break. New details now emerging from Wednesday's plane crash that allegedly killed the leader of Russia's Wagner mercenary group, Yugovny Prigozhin. If you recall, back in June, Prigozhin staged a short-lived coup of the Russian government. U.S. intelligence is now stating that an intentional explosion, you see the fiery wreckage right there, it happened aboard the plane, and that was the cause of the crash. Putin broke his silence yesterday, denying that the Kremlin had any involvement. Shocker there. And now a Russian ally is pointing fingers at who else but Ukraine, right? Former advisor to Putin, Sergei Markov, calling Prigozhin's death a, quote, sacrificial gift to Zelensky from the Ukrainian government. Make it make sense, please. But all the evidence points to a planned assassination. Let's bring in our panel. Former senior naval intelligence officer John Jordan, also with us, retired lieutenant colonel with the U.S. Army and president of the London Center for Policy Research, Colonel Tony Schaefer. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us here on Greg Kelly Reports. Colonel, Good to be here. What, what do we believe? What do we believe? I, I mean, you hear all these different stories. I, I don't even know if Prigozhin is really dead. I'm like wondering, did he fake his death? I think he's dead. I think this was a power struggle that Putin jumped in the middle of and had to resolve. Uh, Wagner is a force, a tool of foreign policy of the Russians. They had to separate uh, the Wagner group, who was part of the, the, the group that actually tried to destroy, uh, to, to, to do the, the, the coup against Putin, from Prigozhin. So what they had to do is essentially remove Prigozhin. They moved Wagner to Belarus, and they had to get rid of Prigozhin. So as much as anything, this was just the liquidation of Prigozhin. And yes, I believe Putin did it. I believe there's probably a bomb on the plane. It wasn't a missile. And, and by the way, Lydia, this was done two months to the day. Mm. Uh, uh, of the of the uprising, so I think that was symbolic, and of course the, the non denial denials, like oh yeah, we didn't put the Kremlin said we didn't do it. Yeah, give me a break. We knew Prigozhin was a dead man walking. I mean, I was I remember right. kind of making those jokes like don't stay away from open windows and high up floors and make sure your vodka is tested. Uh, to, 
let me get that point real quick. Um, Putin called him a talented businessman, but he said he made mistakes. One of those mistakes, Lydia, to your point, he trusted Putin. Mm, uh, that's uh, mistake number one yeah, to criminals. Yeah, yes. It doesn't work out there. Uh, John Jordan, uh, let's go to President Biden. When he was asked about the crash twice this week during his vacation in Lake Tahoe, both times after his Pilates classes, he needs to stretch you now. Take a listen to his insightful remarks. What, what brought down his airplane? Have you gotten any solid information about that? I'm not at liberty to speak to that precisely. There's so. not much that happens when Russia is not behind, but I don't know enough to know the answer. I've been working out for the last hour and a half. Well, something I guess we can agree with. There's nothing that happens in, in Russia that Putin's not behind. Uh, John Jordan, what do you, what do you make of, of this? Actually, I think that was a pretty lucid moment for Joe Biden. Yeah, right. That's better than he's been doing lately. So I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> I agree with Colonel Schaefer here, right? The, Putin did it. It was a bomb on the plane. It wasn't a surface-to-air missile. He's dead as a doornail. There's no faking. If he's still alive, I'll come back and do this show wearing the Borat swimsuit. He's dead. <laughs> now, the Russians, Putin did this. Putin did this. No, I was saying that maybe he wasn't on the plane and they already put, like, a dead body no, in there. Maybe I've watched too many no, movies. That's all I was saying. No, he's dead. You watched too many movies. They did, the, they did this on they did this this way on purpose. They wanted to make send a message. They wanted to make they wanted the imagery on TV for the general public, many of whom are actually supportive of Prigozhin. They want to at least have the patina of deniability. But for the insiders in Russia and the security services and the Ministry of Defense, they know what happened and they know why. It's kind of a kabuki theater thing, but it's very, very Russian. And the message was delivered to the right audience the right way, or at least the message that Putin wanted to deliver. Now, if the Ukraine war continues to deteriorate for Russia, it looks like the Ukraine is making real headway. And there may is a chance for a breakthrough before the Rasputitsa or the rainy season. If that happens, all bets are off in Moscow. So we want to keep our eyes on how well Ukraine is doing in that offensive, because that could shake things up again, Lydia. Yeah, I want to just switch a little bit uh, topics now to North Korea, Colonel. The country conducted sure. multiple missile launches this week. Japanese news organizations yeah. were warning citizens to take shelter. This comes while North Korea launched their, their second spy satellite and, and failed. Colonel, should Americans be worried that we could get involved in yet another conflict? Well, oh, absolutely. Look, uh, this is one of those issues that we actually have territories which are threatened. Uh, I worked with Tulsi Gabbard when she was still a member of Congress mm -hmm. on this very issue regarding missile defense. So, yeah, uh, we need to be worried. Uh, we need to be worried uh, also. Uh, I don't know if John would agree with me, but the fact that there's been no engagement or work by Biden and his administration to try to talk him down. That's one of the things Trump was doing is kind of trying to talk him, uh, Chung Un, out of being the, the madman he is. And I think he was making progress. Right now, little Rocket Man is left to his own devices. He wants attention. A lot of this is attention, but still, he's developing weapons of mass destruction that mm. could be used to actually hit a number of, of our military facilities in the Pacific. Colonel Schaefer, John Jordan, thank you. I want to see you in that Borat outfit. Thank you so much for being with us. <laughs> you said it, Lydia. <laughs> Joe Biden's weakness on the world stage, as you just heard, it's posing a danger, not only for us here in America, but for the world. Biden even flip-flopping when it comes to providing much-needed resources to Ukraine last week. Biden, he gave the green light for allies to send F-16 aircraft to Ukraine. Newsmax's Shelby Wilder interviewed a Ukrainian pilot about his important role. Ukraine's helicopter pilots are hunted by Russia's military. They are outgunned and outmanned, and they operate on older machinery. 
We're going to speak with the Ukrainian helicopter pilot to learn more. I'm Max. I'm helicopter pilot of uh, 11th Separate Brigade Army Aviation, Ukraine. We call uh, my 24 helicopter uh, crocodile. I've completed more than 100 flights in this war. We have had a lot of extreme situations. We support the infantry on the front line. They plan their missions in coordination with us. We start first, then the infantry goes, and then artillery, and so on and so forth. You know, Every flight is a challenge for a helicopter pilot, but you cannot allow fear into your soul. As soon as you let fear in, you are not in control of the flight anymore. The helicopter is not a super reliable thing. You must be 100% sure and concentrated. We have to fly as low as we can for our safety. When flying low, it's harder to be detected and you need less time to land. And there are many other dangers that we must cope with. The enemy's aviation is hunting for us all the time. We are a big danger for their infantry. That is why they want to eliminate us. If you prevail in the sky, you are winning battle on the ground. If we are talking about superiority in the air, the most important thing that we need right now is F-16s. The enemy's fighter jets can be detected earlier and destroyed. As a result, enemy planes would be scared to come close to the front line and we would be able to work in a safer conditions. F-16s first. F-16s first, first of all. And then... Then modern helicopters and... Apache helicopters will be mind-blowing support for us. Really simple. We fight for freedom. First of all, I have to say thank you to all American people. Because of your support, we are still in the game. We keep on fighting and one day we will win. Shelby Wilder reporting from Ukraine for Newsmax. And when we come back, the fake news, well, it continues to ignore the border crisis. And those illegals, yeah, they're, they're coming to a town near you. As big cities say, they've even had their fill. More on the crisis when Greg Kelly Reports returns. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. As the fake news turns a blind eye to the ongoing crisis at our border, millions of illegals continue to pour in, including drugs, sex traffickers, terrorists, murderers, you name it. In the last 72 hours alone, Customs and Border Patrol has confiscated $6 million worth of drugs. And as we speak, three sex offenders, these illegals, they're coming from all over the world, Africa, the Middle East, China. Chinese illegals crossing our border up 826% this year compared to last year. And the most frightening aspect of this all, it seems like it's a, it's a coordinated effort by our own government, aided and abetted by none other than Joe Biden. Here to discuss, former acting secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf. Also with us, former Homeland Security Department advisor, Charles Marino. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us tonight. 
Thank you. Sure. Chad, uh, uh, in the words of Barack Obama, an open border is simply not sustainable. But I have to ask you, I know this is a huge question. Who is behind this chaos? Because it really doesn't make any sense. Well, it's, it's quite clear the Biden administration is behind this chaos. We delivered a border to them during the transition from President Trump to President Biden with a secure border, a number of policies in place, and really a roadmap on how you continue to secure that border. And they threw it all out on day one. And so the responsibility, the blame um, is, is squarely on the Biden administration, Secretary Mayorkas and others. They continue to double down time and time again on all of these uh, policies. Uh, every time they have a chance to, to right or wrong, to go in a different direction, they double down. So it's squarely on their shoulders. And if the American people want to know who is to blame, it is clearly the Biden administration. It's sad. I mean, Charles, the, the illegals, now they're, they're becoming a burden, you know, financially, as, as we predicted for, for sanctuary cities, even New York City saying, we can't handle this, we can't pay for all of this. Take a listen to New York Governor Kathy Hochul. The mayor has had extraordinary challenges. He didn't invite all these individuals in. I think there was an expectation that not so many would be allowed to come to the border or that they'd relocate in other states. So, no, this is nothing anyone could have anticipated. Uh, nothing they could have anticipated when you open up the borders. I mean, she, along with the New York City mayor, said they had open arms. Come, come on in. And now they're upset because it's costing upwards of $8 million a day. That's the estimated cost billions of dollars to take care of these people who all came here illegally. Imagine Charles being rewarded for committing a crime and then making taxpayers pay for it. Yeah, it's all they want is more money in these sanctuary cities, and they want to get these illegal migrants work authorization. I mean, the clip must have cut off where she blamed the Biden administration <laughs> for this crisis, mm -hmm. because I still have yet to hear any of these mayors, governors reach out to the administration, criticize them directly. And as Chad said, point out that they're the cause of this crisis in the first place. And you're right. This is coming to a neighborhood near everybody. I'm telling you, communities of all different sizes are going to be overwhelmed. And as we know, some communities are so small, it's not going to take much. And we're going to see the systems get stressed. We're going to see increases in crime and violence. And unfortunately, we're also going to see the risk from our adversaries uh, increase exponentially on terrorism. It absolutely is a national security crisis. Chad, red states, clearly they've had their fill of illegals invading their cities. 21 states are now suing the Biden administration over its border policies. One estimate shows that an estimated 30,000 illegals are coming into this country every month. And that's, of course, not including the gotaways. Those are people who have evaded border patrol. Chad, how can our government do this to us? Well, it, it's certainly unique. We've never really seen this in the history of our country. Uh, the Biden administration is using parole authority to allow these 30,000 or more individuals in every month. About 180,000 thus far under the Biden administration have been paroled into the United States. And I think this is interesting because what they're saying is that these individuals don't actually qualify for asylum because if they did, you would put them in asylum proceedings. Instead, you put them in parole for two years which the administration is going to renew for another two years. And this is what a number of red states, including Texas and others, are suing about. Parole is supposed to be on a case-by-case -case basis, mm. and you're not supposed to give it to tens of thousands of folks uh, all at one time. 
from four specific countries, which is exactly what the Biden administration did. This is all by design. The Biden administration knows exactly what they're doing. They're keeping the borders open. They're allowing hundreds of thousands of folks in here, and they have no intention never to remove these individuals. Uh, Charles, 20 seconds to you. I personally think that they are going to institute on the American taxpayer a migrant tax, where they're going to take money straight out of our paychecks to pay for these people because clearly they want them here. I'm, am I crazy? No, you're exactly right. And you know what, Lydia? It's already happening. I mean, emergency rooms have become primary care facilities. Our schools are going unfunded for, for the illegal migrants' uh, children to attend school. I mean, we're seeing all resources get stretched. We're already paying for this. Yeah, we are. Chad Wolf, Charles Marino, thank you both. Thank you. Coming up, State TV, a.k.a. the fake news. Whoa, they've been salivating over Trump's arrest in Georgia. We'll bring you the worst of the fake news after this. You know, Trump, he was he was right when he called the media the fake news. Well, not all of us, not here, of course, at Newsmax. But sadly, so many so-called journalists are reacting like a kid on Christmas morning over Trump's mugshot. Take a listen. I'm not going to tell you where uh, the over mm. under is uh, on Donald Trump's weigh in, uh, but it's a good uh, let's just say it's a good 70 or 80 pounds higher than what the staff reported. But, Willie, I'm sure you would describe me as looking like Robert Redford in about yeah. 74. But, but I don't know about Which Donald Trump in the kid era. Yeah, exactly. Right yes. Yes. Right in there. Yes. With or without the mustache, yes. I like it with the stash. I also like the self-reporting of strawberry blonde hair. I thought that was a nice flourish. <laughs> flourish as well instead of, instead of just a saying blonde. Strawberry blonde. Yeah. He really oh went for God. it. He really went for it. You know what? MSNBC at this point should just change their call letters to MSDNC. For them to laugh when our country is in turmoil, love them or hate them, a former president being arrested, that's not funny. It's horrible. It's a sad day in American history. We have a lot to discuss with us tonight. Staff writer for The Federalist, Avita Duffy. Also with us, Turning Point USA Ambassador Jillian Anderson. Avita, thank you, ladies, for, for joining us this evening. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Avita, I'll start off with you first. The other big story of the night, we got to talk about a Trump. He made a glorious return to Twitter after two years, showing his mugshot. He, he gave the link to buy his merch, and he wrote, never surrender. Good move on his part. What do you think? Oh, it's a great move. And I think what's happened with this mugshot is, and what Trump has, has really encouraged, is for it to become an iconic symbol for all Americans, right? This is bigger than Trump. It's not just about Trump. It's about the oppression that people on the right everywhere can identify with, that this mugshot is a symbol for all of the Catholics um, who were surveilled by the FBI, all the pro peaceful pro-lifers um, who had their homes raided, all the, the parents who were called domestic terrorists because they opposed CRT in the classroom, all the whistleblowers who tried um, you know, to, to actually investigate Hunter Biden and, and were stopped, the, the, the people during COVID who, who told the truth and had their licenses suspended or given psych evaluations um, because the, the medical establishment didn't like it. This is a symbol for everybody um, who, who opposes the American gentry class and the regime at large. And, and Jillian, I, I want you to take a listen to what Joe Biden said when he was asked about Trump's mugshot. Okay. Have you President, seen Donald Trump's mugshot yet? Mr. President, how do you write it all about that? I, I did see it on television. What do you think? 
handsome guy. What do you say there? He said he's a he's a handsome handsome guy. Uh, Jillian, what do you think? Finally, I, I think, agree with Joe Biden, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I, I think it's a very bizarre answer, but I don't know what you expect from Joe Biden when you catch him off guard with a question that he has to answer without a prompter or help. I mean, he, it's spot on. It's nothing that Joe Biden or Hunter Biden's ever going to have to worry about. But I just want to point out that you know, regardless of whether it's about it's about his Trump or another sham impeachment. I mean, there's been wall-to-wall -wall coverage of former President Trump and his arraignment again, and it's giving. Trump nonstop attention is exactly what he wants. And while he's facing a mountain of like legal problems, he's once again found himself in the center stage of the political news cycle, right where he wants to be. So I'd say, you know, he's coming out on top right now. Avita, we got about a minute left. The fake news is attempts to destroy Trump. It, it's made his polling only go up. Uh, take a look at this recent poll. Uh, Trump is leading by 52 points. Uh, his closest challenger, Ron DeSantis, at 9%. Trump's at 61%. I, clearly, this whole plan, I think it's backfiring. What do you think? It's 100% backfiring. I mean, I, I think the media, I think the Democrat establishment, the deep state, they thought that they could could demonize Trump with these indictments, with an arrest, with a mugshot. They thought that it would sour Trump on the American people. But the problem is the media criminalized the American people first, and they recognize that. And that's why they're identifying with Trump and why they're not buying it at all. Absolutely. Avita Duffy, Jillian Anderson, thank you, ladies, for being with us this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Yet another celebrity being chased down by the woke mob for what? Speaking the truth. Find out who when we return. Newsmax. Shoots it straight. No talking down to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell me how to think. They let me decide. Real news for real people. Thank God the woke are now waking up to the leftist agenda and just how damaging it is. Famed musician Carlos Santana had this to say at a concert recently, stopping in the middle of it to make this announcement. When God made you and me, before we came out of the womb, you know who you are and what you are. Later on, when you grow up and you see things, and you start believing that you could be something that it sounds good, but you know it ain't right. Because a woman is a woman and a man is a man. There he is talking against trans ideology. A man is a man, a woman is a woman. Bravo, Carlos. But since then, the woke mob, they went after him. The poor guy then issued an apology for his, quote, insensitive comments. My God. For all of those of you out there, if you're afraid of the woke mob, do not be afraid. Nothing is more powerful than the truth. And that'll do it for us tonight's Greg Kelly Reports. He will be back Monday, have no fear. I'm Lydia Serrano. You can catch me Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern and Sundays at noon. I end every show with this message of hope, trust, and remember that God is with you in all ways. Always. Good night.